Welcome to another episode of Two Pillars Podcast. Today, we start a three-part series called The Meaningless Pursuit of More, Lessons from Ecclesiastes. What are you pursuing right now? Have you ever stopped to think why you are pursuing that goal? Goals are not only important, but needed in order to advance yourself and often benefit the world. The pursuit of a goal is not the problem, but the meaning behind the pursuit, the motivation behind it. You don't have to look far to see dozens, if not more examples of famous entrepreneurs, musicians, athletes, who achieved what they believed they desired, only to feel empty after acquiring it. The common denominator, I believe, is that in achieving this pursuit, they believe that they will feel satisfied, complete, and whole. All you have to do is listen to some interviews with these same people, only to confirm that once they achieved their goal, they felt empty. Not whole like they imagined, but emptier than before their accomplishment of their goal. Grasping the sweet things, possessions, experience, power, and pleasure, they find nothing inside. Life is empty, meaningless, and they sink into despair. Almost 3,000 years ago, Solomon, the mighty king, richest man in his time, spoke of this human dilemma in the book of Ecclesiastes. But the insights and application of this message are relevant to our time. Ecclesiastes, Solomon's written sermon, is an analysis of life's experiences and a critical essay about life's true meaning. Solomon makes his triumphant conclusion at the end. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Ecclesiastes shows that certain paths in life lead to emptiness. This profound book also helps us discover true purpose in life. Such wisdom can spare us from the emptiness that results from a life without God. Solomon teaches that people will not find meaning in life through knowledge, money, pleasure, work, or popularity. True satisfaction comes from knowing that what we are doing is part of God's purpose for our lives. Our purpose goes much deeper than power, approval, or money. Imagine Solomon, a king who in his time had all the wealth he needed in his lifetime and many other lifetimes. A man known for his wisdom and power an ambitious man who first sought accomplishments for the glory of God, but through the influence of power later sought his own glory. He achieved it all, but in the end found little meaning. Solomon searched for satisfaction almost as though he was conducting a scientific experiment. Through this process, he discovered that true happiness is not in our power to attain because we always want more than we can have. It reminds me of growing, you know, early in my career, 
every time I would get a, a promotion or an increase, I would think, that's it, I just reached another level of income. Finally, life will be easier. Finally, I'll be able to have more money at the end of the month. But the reality is I just wanted more. And, I, and before I knew it, my expenses had expanded to the level of my income and I was in the same situation. There are cir- circumstances beyond our control that can snatch away our possessions or attainments. The search for pleasure, wealth, and success is ultimately disappointing. Work done with the wrong attitude will leave us empty. Work accepted as an assignment of God can be seen as a gift. Ecclesiastes is a great message from someone who had it all but realized it meant nothing. The lessons it teaches are evergreen and can be applied to all ages. It's five main messages. One, everything is meaningless. It sounds kind of dismal. But if we try to find meaning in our accomplishments rather than in God, we will never be satisfied. Two, wisdom is meaningless. Three, pleasures are meaningless. We need to look beyond our activities to the reasons we do them and the purpose they fulfill. Four, Solomon explains how toil is meaningless. Personal satisfaction by itself is empty because we are alone in the enjoyment we received. And finally, there is a time for everything. Here he emphasizes the importance of timing. Listen to the pain of this realization as I read through Ecclesiastes chapter 1. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. What do people gain from all their labors, at which they toil under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets and hurries back to where it rises. The wind blows to the south and turns to the north. Round and round it goes, ever turning on its course. All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. All things are wearisome, more than one can say. The eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. What has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which one can say, Look, this is something new. It was here already, long ago. It was here before our time. No one remembers the former generations, and even those yet to come, will not be remembered by those who follow them. I, the teacher, was king over Israel and Jerusalem, I applied my mind to study and to explore by wisdom all that is done under the heavens. What a heavy burden God has laid on mankind. I have seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless, a chasing after the wind. What is crooked cannot be straightened. What is lacking cannot be counted. I said to myself, look, 
I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. I have experienced much of wisdom and knowledge. Then I applied myself to the understanding of wisdom and also of madness and folly. But I learned that this too is a chasing after the wind. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Amen. Today's passage starts with the word meaningless. The real Hebrew word was hevel, which means smoke or vapor, fleeting. Like smoke, it appears solid, but when you grasp it, nothing is there. Solomon, the one person in the Bible who had everything, wisdom, power, riches, honor, reputation, is the one who discussed the ultimate emptiness of all that the world has to offer. And we, like I said in the beginning, we see that now today too. His purpose in this book is to make people realize that their confidence in their own efforts, abilities, and righteousness was meaningless. Instead, their commitment to God is the only reason for living. Solomon wrote this book after he had tried everything and achieved much, only to find nothing apart from God made him truly happy. He wanted his readers to avoid these same senseless pursuits. All human accomplishments will one day disappear. Keep this in mind. If not, we will become either proud and self-sufficient when we succeed or sorely disappointed when we fail. In the pursuit of material goods or wealth, it only leads to the pursuit of more. There is no real finish line because often when you get there, you realize it is ultimately meaningless. You didn't get the feeling of permanent accomplishment Although you thought you were, well, you would. Why does he say wisdom is meaningless? He highlights two kinds of wisdom in the book of Ecclesiastes. One, human knowledge, reasoning, or philosophy. And two, the wisdom that comes from God. When human knowledge ignores God, it only highlights our problems because it can't provide answers without God's eternal perspective and solution. In Ecclesiastes 2, he talks about how pleasures are meaningless. He speaks to pleasures, wisdom, and toil can also be meaningless. Let me read it now. Ecclesiastes 2. I said to myself, Come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is madness. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was good for people to do under the heavens during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired male and female singers and a harem as well, the delights of a man's heart. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this, my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. 
Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Let's take a pause first. He said he denied himself nothing his eyes desired. He refused his heart no pleasure. He just went wild. <laughs> Don't we all wish we could just do whatever we want without any consequences? But what he's saying here is he did exactly that. And in the end, he wasn't any happier. Ecclesiastes 2 talks about all that Solomon accomplished. He states that he became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before him. He denied himself nothing. But in the end, he realized that he was just chasing the wind. What is your greatest love? It might not be a topic that we openly discuss with pleasure, relationships, entertainment, accomplishment, sex. These are just a few of the things that people feel are important to their lives. When something becomes very important to them, they make it a priority and shape their lives around it. We cannot understand people or ourselves until we begin to understand what drives them and guides them in the decisions that they make in life. A family struggling to make ends meet keeps their unlimited Wi-Fi plan. Why? What drove them to make such decisions? Those who seek pleasure have a belief that feeling excited is very important to life. Those that focus on relationships believe that feeling loved or belonging is essential to a happy life. Those who favor entertainment like the sense of amusement it gives them. Those who like accomplishing things like the pleasure of feeling successful. It's so easy to understand a lot of our, about our lives if we simply look at those things that we spend our free money and time on. These are the things that people chase after, their pursuits in life. But we must look beyond them. They provide good clues as to what is important, but they are not very helpful in solving problems or improving their lives. We need to ask a further question. Why are those things that we chase after important? Let's continue with the rest of chapter 2, starting at verse 10, as we listen to the powerful lesson that Solomon learned. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. When pleasure provides one one's needed meaning or significance in life, then one becomes dependent on the increasing amount of pleasure. You get accustomed to it, just like I got accustomed to my increase, my raises. You get accustomed to having that pleasure and then in the end, it doesn't satisfy you. You just want more. Solomon conducted his search for life's meaning as an experiment. He first tried pursuing pleasure. He undertook great projects, brought, bought slaves, different time and herds and flocks, amassed wealth, acquired singers, added many women to his harem, became the greatest person in Jerusalem. But none of these gave him satisfaction. Some of the pleasures he sought were wrong. Some were worthy. 
But even the worthy pursuits were futile when he pursued them as an end in itself. We must look beyond our activities to the reasons we do them and the purpose they fulfill. Is your goal in life to search for meaning or to search for God who gives meaning? This book is part of Solomon's testimony to what happens to a kingdom or family that forgets God. As you examine your projects or goals, what is your starting point, your motivation? Without God as your foundation, all you are living for will end up not satisfying you. I love how he compares his attempts at finding meaning as chasing after the wind. We feel the wind as it passes, but we can't catch hold of it or keep it all in. In our accomplishments, even the big ones, our good feelings are only temporary. Security and self-worth are not found in these accomplishments, but far beyond beyond them in the love of God. Think about what you consider worthwhile, where you place your time, energy, and money. Will you one day look back and decide that these two were chasing after the wind? Next week, we will continue with Solomon's wise words found in Ecclesiastes. Thank you for listening to Two Pillars Podcast. I'm going to ask if you can please subscribe, rate, or review my podcast in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. It really is the best way to get the word out. I'm trying to grow this podcast to get more and more people uh, to to find out about it and and listen to it. Join me next time for another episode of Two Pillars Podcast.